Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Lead and empower her with Dr. Julie Ducharme is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Hi, I'm Dr. Julie Ducharme, back for another episode with She CEOs, and I'm super excited. As every time I do this, I get to meet amazing women who are doing incredible things in their industry. And so today we have with us Lisa E. Kirkwood. She's a modern Renaissance woman with an international background and a multiple area of expertise. She brings meaningful and amazing stories from all over the world, and she can turn any speech into a mesmerizing experience. Great storytelling educates, advises, and enlightens the spirit. For over 30 years, Ms. Kirkwick has been a champion of diversity, equity, and inclusion way before these terms were coined together as such. With more than a decade of professional experience in corporate America from major banks like Wells Fargo, Connecticut, and Comerica, Lisa E. Kirkwood has been recognized for her personal contributions to diversity. She is a Heroes Extraordinaire Award winner, for Cultural Diversity and a winner of Diversity Champion Award from Wells Fargo. She is also the author of the program and upcoming book, Higher Dimensions of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. And uh, Lisa and I have been starting to work together in a program called Authentic Genius. So it's been really fun getting to know you and your passions. Um, especially for the area of diversity. Um, but I want to go back for our listeners and let them learn, how did you start to navigate into telling stories and working in diversity and and move in that direction? Because a lot of our CEOs either may be moving in that direction or wanting to move in that direction. So I always love to let them hear a little bit of your story and your journey. Yeah, that uh, is a key word, actually, story and storytelling, because I grew up with it and I could never shake it off and I don't want to ever shake it off. So I uh, find that storytelling is uh, a non-intrusive way to communicate with people on a deeper personal level. So what differentiates me as a speaker, that's why uh, my title is The True Stories Merchant, is because I uh, select stories from all over the world that are universally viable and relatable to people of different cultures. I love it. And, and as you mentioned, stories really bring people together. Um, and I think it's really interesting if you think about it and you think about, do you remember the stories your grandparents told you or your parents told you or your teacher told you? I mean, we remember them. It's such a great way to connect with people. Um, and I always love it because every you look back in history and you you see stories were written on rocks. They were put on paper. They were somehow telling the story of people. And so I really love that you do that. Do you have certain types of stories you tell or do you just integrate your storytelling skills into most of the things that you do? Well, as um, a modern Renaissance woman, I tackle multiple areas. And I like to think that I am competent enough to tackle them well even mm -hmm. though I was told more than one time that I have to pick a lane. And mm -hmm. I realize it's not about picking a lane because if you present yourself in the right way, people will eventually get the idea that you can do multiple things and do them well. Mm -hmm. But as far as the stories, uh, there are stories for just 
every aspect of life. All you got to do just uh, pick one that you think is more representative of the topic that you, you are covering at a given moment and, uh, you know, make that um, illustrate, uh, illustrative for the speech that you're giving. And that really falls into place. That makes things easier. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I used to teach um, communications and then business communications. And very often I would continue to tell the students, find a, a story that could resonate that will bring everyone in um, because that is what really gets your audience interested versus just throwing out statistics or numbers. Um, so I love that. Now in your bio, it says that, you know, you were working on diversity and inclusion before it was popular. So I'd love to talk about, you know, what you do with diversity and inclusion and your different programs. Cause I know that you are just um, starting to really like get going and, and start doing programs for schools and groups. And as we know right now, that's a really hot topic um, whenever we say the word diversity or equity or inclusion. And so I'd love for you to talk more about your program and your passion for this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So to a lot of people, um, the topic itself of diversity, equity and inclusion is a bit off-putting because um, given their personal perspective and their background and the environment that they're in, they can become defensive. And it's understandable that um, it's, it's human nature and it, it has a lot to do with um, the, their upbringing and their, um, their whole, um, uh, their mood and how they live their uh, everyday life. Now, the perspective that I want to bring in would be something that would, people, would make people open up, not be defensive, not closing, uh, close themselves in. This is something to make people come together, to explore each other's cultures, to understand, to come to mutual uh, um, understanding of differences. Because in the end, we are all human beings and we have the same needs, the same desires, the same wish for uh, respect, dignity and appreciation. So that's what this program is. It has very little to do, if anything at all, with legislation. For that, you can refer to your company's policy, to your state, uh, all kinds of, uh, of laws. I am talking about storytelling. And storytelling does not need uh, certifications or legislation or stuff like that. It's just good old-fashioned storytelling that is relatable enough to bring people together. And they can realize, well, wait a minute, we can be on the same page and we can find commonalities and we can acknowledge our differences and learn from each other. So that's the bottom line. So um, in the end, we can build better communities. And I'd say right now, obviously, you can see our nation has been in a lot of chaos with what's going on with Israel and those things. And, and I would say right now that more than ever, you know, we see a lot of division in our country, especially in those areas. And it seems to be that you know, you, you're able to create a safe space within organizations in order to discuss that because that can be so heated as we're seeing all sorts of rallies and um, lots of other things going on. And I think organizations, and tell me if you agree with this, are probably really going to need to rethink how do they approach the differences that are happening in our country right now and do that in a way, like you said, to create a safe space for everyone who feels like they may be not they may not be getting the equity or inclusion that they should yes and that's a really uh, high goal to strive for and one that is um, unfortunately not so easy to achieve the no. reason for that is because a lot of people get um, stuck into a certain frame 
you can easily pick a side, but I have a different barometer of grading things and people. Test by results. So uh, considering the safe environment, the non-confrontational and the respectful manner that we need to treat each other, what are the results of these strifes, of this grief or this of this fighting? We're just hurting each other. We need to stop doing that because at the end of the day, again, we are all humans. We all want to be appreciated and loved. And the way we have been treating each other is not cool, is not the way we, uh, we like to be treated. So we need to come to that common ground of understanding and realize that, you know, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated and even better, the platinum rule, treat them the way they want to be treated. So again, do that through storytelling, through safe space, respectfully, non-confrontationally, and we got something to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. It's not an easy task. And, and obviously people are always going to have differences that we can't solve. <clears throat> and it seems too that, you know, our country really needs to go through some healing, you know, some real healing, like you said, to learning to treat each other the way that we would want to be treated. And I hope that that happens. And I think obviously people like yourself are doing these things. You're willing to go into organizations and have those tough conversations and really give guidance to managers and leaders on how to deal with this. Cause it, it's a tough situation. I hear from people all the time. Gosh, I just feel like I'm walking a tightrope. I'm tiptoeing around. I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing and offend someone. And those are the environments, you know, that really need to be changed. So people don't feel like they're tiptoeing around or stepping on eggshells. Um, I know that each company can be unique, but looking at your program, it looks like your program is pretty adaptable um, for many different types of organizations. If you can talk on that a bit. Yes, absolutely. I uh, created it with this aim to be adaptable and customizable because it's one thing when you talk to um, a group of business executives, for example, and another um, thing when you talk to a group of college students, especially now with all the, um, the things that are happening on campuses, people picking sides, people marching, manifesting one against the other, everybody against everybody. So yeah. the whole the bottom line is when you try to heal people, because this is the bottom line, heal each other, heal ourselves so we can heal one another. Uh, I heard years ago one, one uh, thing that really stuck with me. If you are in the picture, you cannot see the frame. So mm. you got to take a step back, step out of the picture so you can see the frame. So you see the whole um, the whole image. And that's difficult when you are in the heat of a debate. If mm. you take a step back and you look at all, um, like maybe not all the aspects, but multiple aspects, certain patterns emerge. It's easy to single out on one element or one person. This is good. This is bad. This is so-and-so, the good, the bad, the ugly. But um, if you identify patterns, you will see that those who are on the side of bad, uh, this is also... A subjective notion you know people feel strongly we are naturally geared to believe in a cause but if that cause ends up putting us in danger and harming others it's a good time to reconsider what we stand up for mm -hmm. another thing i heard that resonated with me well if you uh, believe in uh, nothing you can fall for anything mm -hmm. yes and yeah. no I mean, there is depth to that, no, no doubt about it. But again, what is the result at the end of the day? What are we trying to accomplish? Yeah. Um, 
hurt each other more or solve some communication problem, major communication problems and heal ourselves from the inside out and being able to heal one another. Mm -hmm. And this you can approach in a different um, environment with different groups of people in different vocabulary because again you can address a group of students or even uh, a group of kindergartners one time i spoke in a kindergarten i was giving mm -hmm. a mini cultural presentation on my country romania to six years olders and uh, i needed personally guidance because i had not spoken to kindergartners before so the teacher kind of walked me through this is how you you speak to to them so yes it's all customizable it's all um one size does not fit all even though the common message is the same let's come together as one unified human species on planet earth but yeah. the way we get there um it may be different but the uh, the final goal the aim is for us to be united so yeah with that in mind um i can i can customize uh, the message in different stories different um contexts and um that will help people uh, fit into that particular group and relate more to one story or another yeah i don't know if you've ever read um the book the culture now i believe it's by aaron myers but it was a really eye-opening book for me because um when i was obviously young and naive and i'd never traveled the world I didn't necessarily realize that the way that people talk and their tones and how they behave, what might come off as offensive to me, hopefully how they talk and how they communicate it. And it was really eye-opening because it changed the way that I looked at people in an organization. I was able to learn their culture and their style of communication and some were more forceful and some were very quiet and some didn't say anything at all. Um, and I think that's really important. We, we miss that a lot. You know, at least here in the U.S., we don't study other cultures and the way that they communicate and learn how to deal with diversity in the workplace, which we're a melting pot in the U.S., right, of people from around the world. And so I really like, as I was looking at your program today, I really like that you hit on so many different topics. You hit on dealing with, <clears throat> excuse me, generations in the workplace. That's a huge thing. I work with uh, as old as 86-year-olds all the way down to 18-year-olds. So talk about a difference in how both of them would present themselves and how important it would be that I understand their cultures, their age, and, and how to deal with the different types of diverse work environments. And I see also you deal with disabilities, people with disabilities. For a long time, this was really not discussed in the workplace. How do we support, make sure we don't discriminate someone with disabilities? And um, I really learned about this when I worked for a company that they hired and worked with only people who had disabilities. And I learned really quickly how talented and intelligent these people were and how I had really misunderstood them because I just assumed their disability wasn't allowing them to, to be able to do the same things I did. And it was so untrue. So I, I love that you found these topics because I feel like it's not just about, obviously we talk about race and we talk about color, but in the workplace we have disabilities, we have generational differences. You know, and I think that's really important. I also noticed you talked about language, culture, and religion, which is like the culture map we were talking about. Um, it seems like you hit just about every area. And so I think that's really important because I know a lot of times the diversity training I get is, is a workshop online. And it kind of goes to the definition. And, and it looks to me, and, and please correct, correct me if I'm wrong, that you really kind of dive deeper into this. Yes, and that's there's a reason behind uh, this whole 
um, weaving together of this uh, complex picture. Um, I myself, coming from the corporate environment, I was uh, lucky enough to get a number of trainings on diversity, but at some point, you know, the buck stops here. They can talk about uh, disability, they can talk about race and age, uh, but these are the main uh, topics uh, in uh, diversity, the main uh, dimensions, but um, they do not tackle the secondary dimensions, which can be just as important, if not even more important, language, culture, religion, and other um, situational um, things, other uh, dimensions. Mm -hmm. um, the, um, the idea behind it is, you know, you can't be too upset, so to speak, because they don't tackle these. Um, for a good reason. The, the topics are highly controversial. Uh, for example, religion, how can you approach that from a non-confrontational manner? Mm -hmm. And I want to, to dwell on it a little bit because uh, personally, why I feel comfortable enough to talk about religion is because I've experienced a multitude of religious exposure. I grew up in one religious tradition. I came to the States. I got to meet another religious tradition. Then, um, incidentally, I also uh, learned uh, a few things about uh, uh, different religions. And mm -hmm. it's just one melting pot, really, because in the end, I realized with all these denominations and doctrines and, um, and uh, differences, the search for the divine continues. People are still confused. People are still combative, and they shouldn't be because in the end, God is love. And love mm -hmm. does not need to be confined to dogmas to limitations to um all these artificial uh, rules that we we tend to create love is love god is love and love is communion so this is the perspective that i would speak on religion hmm. now as far as culture and language they go together and i happen to be multilingual and multicultural because um, again that's part of being a modern renaissance woman mm -hmm. Thing, right but it's uh it's something common for europeans to um to speak uh, multiple languages it's just the lay of the land over there um is not nearly as uh, you know the territory is not as vast as the u.s and as unified in under one single language so you can go just a few kilometers away and be in another country so you kind of pick up the the language and also the minorities that live on the border of course you you pick up their language so they go together not only it's not just the language but the culture and the people that come with it and that offers a broader perspective as opposed to just uh, one exposure one homogenous group of people that never traveled never know um, much or not care much about uh, anything um, other than their own i i really like that because it really gives you clearly have had a lot of experiences. You've traveled the world. You've experienced multiple cultures, which gives you, I think, a really great perspective um, that oftentimes some people who haven't done that don't have. And so <clears throat> I love that you have a perspective. Just curious, how many languages do you speak? Five. Oh, my gosh. Okay, what are they? You must tell us. Uh, well, of course, uh, my native Romanian, obviously English. Um, so I got certified in Spanish. I speak Italian. I majored in Italian in school. And I can also carry on a conversation in French. I was fluent, really fluent at some point, but I need to brush it up. But yeah, I can follow. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. Well, yeah, that, I think that gives you an excellent perspective on 
those things. Well, as we're getting close to the end of the podcast, there's a couple things I would love to also ask you. And one is, as you've been growing as an entrepreneur and you're building out these programs and being that she CEO, are there any tips that you can give to other women who are attempting to make that move? Yes, believe in yourself. Uh, listen to people. They have good intentions, but what works for them may not work for you. Now, this is a learning curve. You, you may uh, feel like you're wasting your time or wasting money making an investment that doesn't pay out or things that do not work out for you. Uh, it's part of the process. But believe in yourself because what really resonates with you and what you're good at and what you can share on a soul level could have a totally different perspective from somebody else's uh, view uh, or opinion. So you got to find your own voice something that uh, your place of power that you come from that you can relate to people instead of trying to copy others you got to be your own self because everybody else is taken as they say <laughs> i love it be your authentic self so and i know you have obviously your programs coming out um you also do speaking engagements so what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if you want to learn about more about the program you offer or speaking or your books or any of that Oh, sure. Um, please feel free to visit my website, um, thetruestoriesmerchant.com, and you can book a call with me. You can email me. Uh, you can connect on LinkedIn as well. So the sky is the limit. If you want to get in touch, sometimes it's just have a good old-fashioned conversation and a good time of fellowship just to get to know each other and connect. And uh, yeah, that's the best way. Perfect. Well, and Lisa is, as I mentioned, doing our Authentic Genius program. She's going to be doing some keynotes and a lot of other amazing things. So make sure that you guys uh, bookmark her website, um, find her on social media. We'll have all the links in there for you guys to do it and keep up with all the great things that Lisa is doing because she's got some really wonderful things coming around the corner. And Lisa, we'll have to do another one of these, you know, probably in the next six months so we can update everyone on everything you're doing. Um, but thank you so much for being on the show. And as I always say, live, love, laugh, and always be your authentic self. Thanks for listening to Lead and Empower Her with your host, Dr. Julie Ducharme. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.